0: Minneapolis City. The goals! What what The People's Pitch Podcast. Brought to you by Summit Brewing.
1: Soccer fans, I would be lying if I said I didn't miss you over the past few weeks, because I really don't know how to quit you. This is the People's <laughs> Podcast, the People's Pick Podcast, the official and only podcast for your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am your host, John, and as always, I am joined by the Al Borland of Minnesota Soccer Radio, Mr. Nathan Morales. Nate, how are you doing, my friend? What's up, man? I'm doing great. Did did you happen to pick up on the significance of my Al Borland comment? Yeah, dude. You, like you're the Tim you're Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yes, but uh there's an underlying aspect to that. Uh do you know where Tim Taylor is from in real life? Yeah. Where Tim Allen is from in real life.
2: I just assumed Michigan.
1: He is from Oakland County. Oh in Michigan. So oh. very topical for today's show, considering that we do know who we're gonna be playing in our uh our October 22nd match. So a little bit of a precursor, spoiler alert, we'll get to that. Um, but we have a great show for you today. FIFA 2017 is out this week, so we're going to talk some virtual soccer. Yes. We had an intimate gathering uh, with our members with a little 2016-year recap, so we'll go over what we covered there. We also had a free beer night and in uh, a match, so we'll recap that. And we have an opponent for our club's first ever U.S. Open Cup match, which will review the Ann Arbor versus Oakland County game. I may have tipped my cap a little bit there with some uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor comments, but that's okay. Uh, I don't think it's a shocker for anyone who's listening to this that who we who we play. And then obviously we'll look forward to the the match on the twenty second. So uh, before we get started, though, Nate, you watch the debate on Monday night? Uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, I tweeted out. This the it was basically an SNL sketch that needed more Daryl Hammond.
2: Oh, the the one moment where it was absolutely an SNL sketch is when he leaned into the microphone real slow and just said wrong in like his (laughs) mouth looked it looked like Daryl Hammond was doing it. It was perfect. I had to rewind it and watch it like three times.
1: And we can we can obviously confirm that Donald Trump has a vagina neck. It literally looks like an anatomically correct lady part. (laughs) Um, Anyways, on to the show. So Nate, uh, in 1993, I was just a bright-eyed little soccer fan, uh, just being gifted his first video game system. A little thing called FIFA International Soccer came out for Super Nintendo. So there I was at the local game store in Dayton, Ohio, my fistful of allowance money from multiple grass cuttings and bloody hands doing weed treatments in my yard for my parents. Uh, So I could get the first ever copy of the iconic soccer series that has morphed into just FIFA soccer. So fast forward 23 years and I'm still that same kid on the eve of the release. So Nate, are you as excited for for this as I am And, and did you play the demo?
2: My God. Yeah. I played the demo. Uh, I've been playing FIFA since the PS4 came out because I think it was like one of the first few games you could get. And it seemed like the only legitimate game that looked any fun. Um, when PS4 came out besides, I think Assassin's Creed. So I bought them both. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, so I've been, only, I've been with it as long as you, man, but I just like year after year, I love the career mode. I love, uh, you know, I love the, the uniforms, the alt uniforms, the classic throwbacks. So of course, I jumped right on the demo and downloaded it. And it, it, you could only play like you know ten teams, but I think the boy and I played them all. We were just fired up. It looks great.
1: What are you looking forward to this release? You know, I mean, like you said, you played the demo. You had, you played you know a couple renditions of the game. Uh, what what was your what what were you hoping that the gods would have, the FIFA gods would have shine down on seventeen?
2: Yeah, well, I thought in a uh, in FIFA 16, they kind of nerfed a lot of the midfield attacking. Like you almost have to go wide in FIFA 16, and it relies a little heavier on on crosses into the box. And I really like the. I really hope that there's some there's some increased or some better passing uh, in this one. And it seems like that's the case. I really uh, love the graphics just from the demo, and some of the stuff that I've seen online maybe gets me thinking that the demo isn't uh, isn't the extent the graphical upgrades that this thing might look from far i mean if my dad were to walk in a room he might get confused that he's not watching a real game of soccer
1: sure sure and i know i'll go into a little bit of the uh, of the ins and outs of, of what's new this year but tell me what your favorite fifa or your best fifa moment is was, oh. it, was it beating a small child that you currently live with <laughs> no that's oh no that's i
2: never feel great about that i just feel like like it's something that should happen I'll lose to him though quite a bit. Uh, best FIFA moment. It's all I play a lot of career mode, and so like scouting is key. And I love like I love starting with like the Plymouth Argyles of the league, and like bringing them up to bringing them up to the Premier League. So I think like winning the Premier League with Plymouth Argyle in FIFA fifteen was uh was my favorite and it's one of those things where like only you can get excited about that so i don't expect anyone to think that's a cool story at all but (laughs) but, like only i think that's pretty cool but you know cool story bro
1: my best fifa moment before we we get into a few other quick things here before we get on to uh to real soccer is that um in 2012 the the version of the game allowed you to listen to the soundtrack while you played so you could could cut you could cut off commentary and then play like some smooth techno while yeah, you were yeah, yeah. while you were playing, and it was one of those features that, like, you wouldn't have really known it unless you went in and tinkered with the uh, with the settings. And you know, uh, you know, being being a college student, you have all the time in the world, right, to be able to tinker with settings as mm-hmm. far as, far as uh, video games are concerned. But that was my best moment because then thirteen came, and I'm like, oh, awesome, new soundtrack. And then they discontinued that option and I've been, cl- I've been clamoring for it to come back since because the soundtrack to FIFA is even almost on parallel as the excitement that I get with the new things that are coming out.
2: I agree with you 100%. I think I look forward to the soundtrack every year because I, and I, I say this to Olin. I'm like, dude, are you ready to hear the songs that you're going to hear all the next year? Because think of all the songs that are on the FIFA 16 soundtrack that, have, that are like hits, you know, Beck, uh, some yeah, of these guys, the al, not, not the Aloe Black, but uh, uh, Leon Bridges, Leon Bridges. There's the guy from. There's the two guys from, from Sweden that have that that have a couple songs from FIFA 15. Anyway, these these are the songs you're always going to hear, right? Uh, you know, Group Love, all that stuff. It's just awesome, awesome soundtrack year after year.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, if you go on Spotify, they you can you can type in FIFA 17 soundtrack and someone uh, who must have gotten the leak of the the full track list. Put together the the uh, a Spotify playlist, so you can you can already get that. So, um, nice. but here's what I learned throughout the years: um, you really shouldn't expect much from each release. You know, you you think about like Madden and and how every year it's like oh just a roster upgrade. Well, I kind of grew accustomed to like only a few little things change. Like a couple years ago, goalkeepers got better. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's harder to score. And, and then they had, you know, a lot more of the dynamic runs that you can do. And, um, a lot of the, the little things like the, the mini games and stuff that you can play were kind of new additions. But as far as the game goes, graphics just really got better. And then the gameplay kind of sometimes took a step back where you were hoping one thing would get fixed. Like the ability for me to pass it to who I'm pointing to, that really sucks sometimes. Um, <laughs> But um, you know, in, since 2011, I, I've had the gracious pleasure of being a beta tester for the game series. Um, the, the ad agency I worked at did some work with EA, um, and with a client I was working on to do some some in game stuff um, with uh, with Madden. And I was just all over the EA rep. Like, you got to get me able to test this. You got to get me in. And after a full year of the full court pressure of like just haranguing this poor girl who like all she wanted to do was just her job, and she <laughs> gave me her business card and like and totally regretted it. Uh, I was I was invited to be a, a tester, and it's it's a lot of work. You have to put in twelve hours of gameplay before the game even comes out, and it's through three separate sessions of of four hours you have to put in, and you if you don't put them in, you don't get the perks. And the perks are oh. you get the game for free every year. You get um, you get in, in, incorporated into like a uh, push to your console, whichever console you're on. You know some tournaments and things that are, are only for the the people who are have a certain ranking or a tester, and you win prizes and stuff like FIFA Live or I mean uh, Xbox Live for a, a year. I, I basically win a tournament every year that is like the lowest level tournament and get that for free every year. So it's like <laughs> th- it's it's there's some great things that that come to it, but um, this year I thought. Actually made some strides. Uh, a couple, you know, high high level things that that I wanted to point out was the story mode, where you take mm. this this guy named Alex Hunter, and it's not just a a sports game anymore. There's a story mode to it, and I thought that was really cool, where they incorporate not only you're able to to take that player that you maybe have done in previous years being in in um, in career mode. And as a single player, you know, you make yourself or whatever, and then you try to make it on your favorite team and and whatnot. So, but now they've incorporated kind of a a choose your own adventure story with it. And I'm really excited for the full release to come out because I was only able to try it. And it was awesome. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. But you had mentioned the better graphics. They FIFA um, and EA Sports um, brought in the Ignite engine, which is used with a lot of the the role playing games that, that they have, and that in in yeah. like light years forward as far as what individual player graphics are. Down to like the tattoo details of a guy like Zlatan are one hundred percent accurate. Um, the stadiums, the you know. Bringing in the ability to have like pitch pitch side animations for actual coaches, so there's like eleven. I co- saw that there's eleven managers that they brought their graphics into the into this 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 year's version. So now they're going to be able to like you're going to have like your your Jose and your Jurgen Klopp's on on the uh, on the sidelines, you know, being animated when their team scores or there's a bad call.
2: Dude, I couldn't believe when I was playing the demo and you you can see. The sweat dripping down their face.
1: Yeah, yep. And and you can see the breath. Detail. You can see the breath during cold weather games um as well so i mean that that's that's the kind of stuff that this ignite engine allows for But as far as gameplay goes they amped up the game speed which is something i was really looking forward to from last year's version because they slowed it down and i think they slowed it down for people who are good at like the the one-on-one individual moves because you need time to be able to process like your hands doing a couple different button movements and combinations to be able to do your step overs and your and your you know your your 360s and things like that and your rainbow kicks and stuff like that but um, they, they moved up the speed of play which I, I'm grateful for because there's nothing more just nerve wracking where you want to just ruin your television by throwing your controller <laughs> at it when there's a 50-50 ball and you're like Gareth Bale and you can't outrun Mertesacker to get oh. it. It's the worst. It's like in real life I would have been able to run there, get the ball, go back to where I started and still beat him to the uh, on a one-on-one. So the like, games, the game speed is faster now, which is great. Good. Um, also, smarter friends on the pitch—they made the runs uh, from an attacking perspective for what the other players do one hundred times better. So you know the the through ball to nowhere that goes out of bounds—it still happens, obviously. If you put a little too much mustard on your passes, but. The, the likelihood of a guy being in the general vicinity of a through ball or a, a pass in, in space is a little bit higher. Um, and I also thought that they um, you know smarter friends on the pitch also kind of incorporated into um, you know the, the ability for you to move a guy out of his position and then one of the other like if you move a, a winger out uh, from the outside to the middle, someone, maybe the other the striker who he took his space moves out wide. So there's mm-hmm. like there's balance. Um, which is something that you find in the real game, which you never had in this, especially when you got like a red card, like say you got your center back, got a red card, you had to immediately press pause. Yeah. And then
2: you've just got a huge hole.
1: Yeah. Or you have to immediately press pause and go into your menu and switch your formation to take a forward away and throw a guy back there. So it'll automatically adjust maybe formations, um, for that without having to do that, which is great. It means you can, you're more time on the sticks than worrying in the menu. Um, I thought better ball handling, especially first touch. Um, now you have the ability for players to play with their back to the goal and you can hold onto it and then play off, like link off of people with your back to goal, which before if you had your back to goal, the defender just ran by you into the ball off your foot.
2: Yeah. I mean, or you have to turn around in order to do anything with it and pass yeah. you know, pass behind you.
1: Yep. So they, they changed that. Um, and I thought, um, kind of the last one was the, the new set pieces in crossing. They actually show you uh, a spot on the field where the ball should be going versus yeah. you just wildly crossing.
2: Dude, that's <laughs> the most frustrating part of crossing is like you, there's this like random touch you have to hopefully find yeah. in order to accurately cross. I really like that target.
1: Yep. And, uh, and it allows you to, take better um, you know, advantage of like the triple cross, the, the triple tap cross, the double tap cross, or just a standard holding the cross button down. And it also yeah. is, um, increases your accuracy on deep set pieces, corners, things along those lines. So those are kind of the highlights that I saw, which I think make it marketably better than previous versions. But there's one thing we won't see, Nate. Mm-hmm. That, that's uh, – the darlings of Euro 2016, Iceland. Apparently, there was some contractual problems where Iceland wanted more money than EA was willing to, to shell out. So, they will not be in the international uh, portion of the game this year. And I think that's kind of a miss because they, they could have had the Viking chant, you know, the Viking clap as one yeah. of the chants. And now, now you can't. I mean, you can't rip that off if you don't have the team in there, right? Right.
2: I mean, well, you know, Bolivia is still playable. Like, that's the most frustrating thing about FIFA is you'll get like, that's a huge miss to have, to, to not have Iceland. Um, to I mean, like you said, the, the total darlings of, of the cup this last summer. And it's like, you know, so many people around the around the world would love to play as them. But like Bolivia is always out there because like they'll take they just want to get a couple bucks out of EA in order to throw their players in the game.
1: Right, and like Adidas is like, okay, you know what? You know, we'll pay a bunch of money so that Germany's on there, but you know, we'll throw Bolivia in with it just just to sweeten the deal.
2: Exactly. It feels <laughs> it feels strange the way that this stuff gets worked out, but. Um, you know, one day that's that's my biggest hope. Year after year, is one day they get it right and it's like true to life rosters with you know actual full a full world full of teams.
1: Right, and I think the last the last thing I have here on FIFA before we get into real soccer is that you know every year I tend to like find myself making my own team from scratch. But yeah, uploading you know, and it's usually like a Stegman's team where it's like I upload the guys I'm playing with. And I upload, I have all their photos from the player passes, so I like load them. <laughs> I load them in. I give everyone the arbitrary ratings, I believe. But I've also done that with City. So when people say, you know, uh, they joke on Twitter or on Facebook, like was uh, was Coach Bizworm in the FIFA lab before the the match? I absolutely am trying things with these guys, using it as an actual tool to see if I can t- try to replicate some of the personnel moves that we're doing and. You know, I can't say it doesn't work.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it's a little different when you're like an expert FIFA player than than when than the like hope that you can draw it up and the guys will execute. But you know, I get I get it.
1: I mean, I can tell you that I've definitely gotten a few yellow cards with AJ in FIFA. (laughs) Oh well.
2: it's impossible not to.
1: Right, exactly. So anyway, it is so, true to life. It is true to life. So everyone, go out there. Um, you know, drop the sixty-three dollars with with including tax that uh, it costs to get the new the new version and enjoy it. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll have uh, some sort of city sponsored FIFA event coming up in the future. We got a whole year until until the next uh, next version comes out.
2: That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. All right. Well, uh, so John one, let's talk city business because we had a, uh, we had a member, we had our member meeting last, uh, was it last week already? We had a member meeting where all the, all the paying members, uh, from throughout the season got to get together and, and hang out and chat and really listen to you guys. Tell us, give us a little recap of the season. And, uh, you know, Dan Hodeman stood up there and he had his little presentation. It was actually pretty solid, but, uh, you know, he, just to kind of go over for people that weren't there, what he covered, you know, he covered the history of the team. He talked a lot about how city came to be and kind of from the, from the, from the talks that you guys had together all the way up through how it got developed and how, um, you know, kind of the the research that you had to do and how mm-hmm. kind of scary it was at sometimes, but how awesome it was and how exciting it was at other times. And really he leaned into this importance of being interesting, of being an interesting team, both, right through social media, but also through, uh, you know, through who we put on the field and kind of the product uh, all the way through the, through the, through the kits that we develop and the, and the, with the fullback, but also the logo. I mean, everything, the way you guys built it from, from top down, uh, we are definitely an interesting team and that's, that's cool to hear that it was kind of a, uh, it was all very intentional.
1: Well, right. I mean, if you look at professional sports teams and even amateur, I mean, you look at like minor league baseball, they're probably the most interesting of the non pro full pro teams. Right. Yeah. You know, you go to a saints game here in St. Paul and it's like, you have a pig delivering the baseballs, you know, like, like stuff like that. You know, we didn't want to go to like that far tongue in cheek. Right. But we wanted to make it so that we weren't boring. And I think it all sums up by the fact that on Twitter today I see um, one of the citizens you know, putting out a chant that he wants to have for the game against uh, against our, the op- opponent that we'll be talking about. And it was, um, we know who we are. We know who we are. Champions of Twitter. We know who we are. <laughs> Which I yeah. think you know, it fully embodies what we were going for. That, like We used a free for- uh, format like Twitter – to, to gain interest and really put all our chips in that basket. And for year one, I think that basket overfloweth with people who, whether they bought a membership or not, or came to a game or not, followed us and want to be part of the conversation. So I think I think we definitely did that. And I think the other thing you touched on was we were there were some scary moments where it was like, what are we doing for transportation? And, you know, are we gonna even have players that are good enough to feel a team? Yeah.
2: One other thing that I want to bring up that Dan did that was truly revolutionary, and uh, is and he set this up earlier in the in the in the talk by kind of talking about how when you guys were looking to start a team, really you had to it was your money that was going into it, so you really wanted to make sure that this was financially viable and that you weren't going to lose your ass completely. So you're looking for you're looking for examples of how other teams are run, and you ended up getting a couple slid to you under the table and maybe. Had a couple couple chats with some people that were in the know, but really there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of transparency there as far as the financials of a team and what owners can expect at this level. Right. And and so Dan went took the step and he kind of shared that a little bit with us uh, at the meeting, but then he released them fully online on in the fifty five one interview that article that he had written, um, which something no other team has done, and it's it's actually super cool for him for you guys to do that. Because in my opinion, I think that only helps to encourage other people that are of like mind to be able to kind of take that step. And maybe if you're on the fence, you know that it's something that's viable, or maybe you, you, you find that you don't have the money and you kind of save yourself from a fate like Fargo.
1: Right. And, you know, you can, you're going to get to it. Like there is an article that, that Dan uh, kind of, uh, a white paper that Dan did write and we released on the internet. So everyone can, can kind of read what we're talking about, but there really wasn't a blueprint. And, you know, we talked about the Bavarians being our model. I mean, they started in 1929 and they're still around. So they've they've been doing something right. And they're kind of that team that we strive to, to be like from a organizational perspective when it comes down to owning a facility and being attached to the beer hall and having, you know, this like legacy, which you have to start somewhere. And, we never had any blueprint as to anyone who had been doing it now, and we talked, you know, at length about how we talked to those guys. We talked to the the ownership at Fargo, a few other teams. You know, we talked to the folks out in San Francisco and Detroit, and just you know, we learned that Detroit's first game they had 15 people come to the game, you know, Whoa. and look where they're at now. Like it, it, light years ahead, you know. So mm-hmm. we can we can draw some of that. But um, the guy who writes the American Pyramid blog, which um, is a great soccer blog that uh, I encourage all of you to read, he like you said, we kind of got a little bit of a a formula slid under the table where he actually had the you know the recap and the budget um, allocation that Peter Wilt who is known for running, you know, starting and helping Chicago Fire get off off the ground, the Milwaukee Wave, um, in most recently Indy 11, and he's currently in a project right now of trying to bring NASL soccer to downtown Chicago. Oh, so, sweet. Um, so we, we, get, we get gifted this thing, and we're looking through it, and then, and then we're, you know, that was kind of the crux of it, where we're like, we don't need all of this stuff that, that is in there, and, you know, we can lean on you know, more of that community focus and it worked, you know, for year one. And I feel like a lot of the people who do what we've done, they don't like to publicize what they've done because they, they look at a loss as a failure. And yeah. I don't think that, I mean, we took, you a mean loss. a financial loss, yeah, a financial loss. And, you know, we took a financial loss this year, but by no means was this summer a failure, right? Like right. there were some times where we, maybe we, we lost that on revenue because of bad weather, um, or, you know, just logistical things within other stuff going on in the city and, and whatnot and having to compete, uh, against that. But by and large, I thought it, the summer was a success and, you know, I mean, you were involved in it from more than just the podcast, but, you know, doing the announcing with, with me or so when I wasn't involved, I mean, did you have a great time this summer being involved in it?
2: <laughs> I mean, absolutely. It was the, it was definitely one of the highlights of the summer is being able to show up, uh, week after week at the barnyard or just going on road trips with you and being there and kind of, it, it, it definitely feels like I was there to help found the team, even though obviously I had, I put no money for it. It's just like, there's that emotional investment Mm -hmm. in the team. And there's this uh, now there's this, this attachment to the, to the team and to the, to the players that um, I get it now, you know, where you just, Mm You see these guys going batshit crazy in Germany and in England for their club and you see you know, you I, I just get it how your whole neighborhood can be all about a team just because it's your neighborhood team.
1: Right. And I, I would be hard pressed to believe and, and I know for a fact that our model that we had, whether it's how we started things or um, or just completely like the owner the like the the fan ownership portion of it is something you're going to be seeing in the future with other other teams. of um, Glass podcast that we we talked about before that are our friends in, in Colorado, I, I, I encourage you to listen to their their last episode last week, and then the one that, that comes out tonight. Um, last week was an interview with Peter Wilt, where his whole mantra about bringing this soccer team in the NASL division to um, to Chicago in a market where there's a already a top tier team, which is what we're involved in, is so similar to what we were thinking that um, you know it's great to hear. And you know I think that you'll also see um, other folks starting to publish how things went, so that there better soccer and more soccer is a good as a good thing. And we should really be learning from each other and not fighting against each other and try to figure out how to start and run a franchise whether it be top level all the way down to to bottom level amateur soccer
2: so what are the other big big announcements uh that we that we had at that little meeting was that we have a new manager and uh andy dwyer i can't i can't remember his name i'm just kidding i'm just kidding he's our he's our former goalkeeper coach he's just stepping up into the head coach role and uh you know the bonus is is that he works here in town yeah, at Taylor Sell, right?
1: Yep, so it's, his name is Adam Pribble. Um so we we parted ways with with coach kicker um you know the, his his personal life and his consulting business that that he runs, you know, started to take off, which is a good thing, right? And mm-hmm. um you know, it maybe things became um you know you have to focus on, on life. <laughs> so he yeah. he's going to be focusing on that. And, and hats off to everything that Coach Kicker did to get us to where we're at with year one. Um, but yeah, we, we've um, promoted Adam Pribble, who will be our manager next season. And like you said, currently works in town at De La Salle. He's the, the director of athletics at De La Salle and also is involved in both the boys and girls soccer programs. As well as being involved in uh, Minnetonka United, being um, a suburban soccer club, where he was um, his official capacity, I don't know the exact title, but um, he worked in like coaching direction, where he would um, work with the coaching staff to develop plans, um, you know, develop training programs for um, certain tactical. elements of the game and, um, and then would also do, you know, some, some auditing and, and, um, as well as some kind of goalkeeping coaching. So, um, definitely, um, great guy, you know, we, we talked about what we were going to do to bring in someone new and, um, you know, the, the, the options were bring in someone we know or someone we don't know. And we leaned heavily on, you know, Let's bring in someone that has an understanding of what we've already done, who's bought into it, who, um, you know, can, can help us move forward. And, you know, a- after the people we talked to, Adam, Adam was it. And, uh, you know, he's going to be rounding out his coaching staff. You know, news is that um, part of his staff is going to be Coach Jeremy, which you know is a, is a uh, a player favorite and a fan favorite, um, great guy. Um, but he'll be on as a consultative role. Um, I'm going to be elevated to uh, sporting director, so I will be in charge of him and the staff that he brings in. So that was a little bit of an organizational change where I'll truly be more of like a general manager type person um, working with players and coaches. Um, and then he'll round out his staff with someone who will not only be his number two, but also someone who will more closely manage our Stegman's division one team as a true reserve team. So yeah, much more to, uh, to learn about in the future, but we're happy to have Adam on board in a, in a new capacity and looking forward to, um, you know, what he, what he does coming up next season.
2: Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, and then we had some other updates, you know, just, uh, some, I, we had some questions for league entries and exits. Um, we had, we had some questions go about the progress of a new field, things like that. But overall, it's a very great, um, you know, Dan did a pretty good job of recapping everything he said, probably cause he, he wrote the article directly from his outline of his presentation, but I definitely, uh, would encourage everyone to check it out on, on the 55 one over there. Uh, they, those guys do an awesome job and we're happy to, uh, happy to have their support.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely check it out. It's a, it's a good read and it's, it's not, it's not only getting traction locally. Um, uh, even, uh, Justin Davis, the, the sometimes captain of Minnesota United tweeted out, um, it, he was very impressed with it and, and kind of gave us hats off for, for doing that. So, um, but also nationally, I know, you know, people out West are talking about it. Um, you know, Oh really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's out there and people are, surprised that it's out there as well as um you know grateful that we we did that
2: uh so that wasn't the only big event last week though of course we had the annual stegman's free beer event uh to benefit charity and that was paired with our training match against fc minneapolis and first i just want to say a couple words about this about this free beer event obviously great atmosphere it was so much fun walking up to the Walking up to the field, it was the the training field right next to the stadium, um, so we had a nice view of everyone kind of eventually filing in and getting ready for the United game. But um, you know, the combination of the free beer, some awesome merch booths. We had our friends from Talisman Caps there. Of course, Sarah was there with her merch, merch booth set up. We had Derek slanging hot dogs. Uh, you know, Dan was was out there shaking hands and kissing babies, and we even had uh, we even had Harambe the gorilla, which you know you. I might say it's a it's a joke that's been beat to death but I guess you know the public disagrees.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, give the people what they want, Nate.
2: <laughs> uh it was a super fun atmosphere. I mean even there were, Mitch was there with uh with Harambe leading the citizens and they were in full throat, man. Mitch was Mitch was hashtag #Mitch was breaking out all of the new songs that he had been coming up with. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked about it is that the time that you guys held it as well as the location gave us so much walk-in traffic. Mm-hmm. Like There were so many curious United fans that were coming in and hanging out. Um, A lot of members of the Dark Clouds that had probably heard of us but really didn't know what we were all about were there asking questions, Um, even though there was one particular blowhard that I overheard that um, I have never seen before. But he was holding court over his friends, just answering all of their questions about Minneapolis City. And then at the end, he's like, yeah, I'd only really been to one game because it wasn't, you know... Uh, there weren't a lot of people there, and da da, da. It's, I just want to turn around and be like, just shut the fuck up and. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Send your friends to talk to someone who knows something about something. I thought, um,
1: one thing I thought that was great um, you know like I'm, I'm coaching the team so you know I wasn't involved in all the pageantry. I was more worried about what was going on in the field which we'll get into. Um, but the, the one thing that I liked from a citizen's perspective was that you know they were they, you said they were they were there in full throat and, and, and singing the songs, but they also had um, songs for the new players that weren't on the team this summer. So, you know, yes, like, a buy song. I yeah, loved it. Yeah. And I was actually talking at training with the buy on Saturday about it. And he was like, oh, man, that was awesome. You know, like these guys don't even know who I am. And they were they already had a song for me. And um, so it was great. It, you know, like, you know, very welcoming, um, not only to the people who were there off the field, but also to the, the new guys that are helping make up the roster.
2: I think what was funny, and I'll bring this up more later i guess but just i don't think the other team is very used to people uh cheering against them either but we'll talk about that more uh, hopefully you guys raised a shit ton of cash from this event
1: um you know not our best output that we've had and um we had um you know things like silent auctions and um you know we had uh uh, a little more from a donation perspective in the past, but um, yeah. you know every little bit helps. Considering that we're a not-for-profit group, and it was going—it's going to our charitable efforts. So um, you know we—we we, we definitely didn't uh, tip the scales to pay for a new stadium or anything like that. But you know yeah. we did all right.
2: Uh, let's also oh, so, so onto the game here. So FC Minneapolis comes in, and we kind of talked a little bit last week. Uh, yeah, it could be a trap game, but this is a team that really just has never looked good against teams that we have beat the tar out of, uh, a.k.a. Fargo. Um, so they looked out as outmatched as we expected early with maybe just one or two dangerous attackers, but that's about it.
1: Right. I thought that—I mentioned before a total trap game, and I think it kind of played out that way— um, they've been playing together we hadn't we're we're working on some formational stuff and it's really it was our chance to number one don't lose
2: <laughs> yeah
1: right um but number two come away healthy and number three try some things and get some guys some more 11v11 minutes together because that's the that's the number one downside to what we're doing is we don't have these guys for a whole lot of time we've been talking about how you've been training but still you know it's it's we don't we don't have um, a solid, cohesive unit. We still have five or six players over here that are doing one thing and five or six over here that are that are doing another thing. And it's no fault of either. It's just that they're used to playing together. So now we're trying to crack that um, that habit and and make it more cohesive. So um, I thought we could have played better. Um, I don't think it what we saw, the game, was good enough to beat a team in the Open Cup. But that's why we play these games.
2: Yeah. Um, so we, we got our first look at Whitney Brown in a in a city uniform and he scored two man he started early he scored one at eight uh, in the eighth minute just killer and then one at in the 68th minute in the second half to kind of be the winning goal um, and he looked impressive as hell super happy to see him on our side.
1: Yeah, Woody's a great player. We talked to him before. He made the, the all-league team for the PLA, the only member of Minnesota United Reserves. Um, great guy, but like you said, great player. I think he finishes all of his chances and he comes away with maybe four goals instead of two. Um, but it was his first full-field action since since the summer. So it was good to have him out there and get him involved. And I thought um, you know, he was definitely our, our bright spot. And I, I told the guys afterwards, I said, you know, not a whole lot to talk about this one, um, you know. I thought I thought we we didn't play as good as we could have, but um, everyone needs to thank Whitney for showing up today because <laughs> he was the he was the one who who uh, carried the team on on his back uh, for the for the match.
2: So he scores two goals, uh, number one and number three. And AJ, our old friend AJ Albers, all ball AJ scored one goal. The beast. Uh, the the east. second goal, just he is he was just dangerous on the set piece. It was. A good looking, good looking corner. Is that just how
1: you drew it up? You know, uh, I'm not going to say yes uh, or no, but um, you know, first thing with AJ was we gave him the armband. Um, yeah. You know, Captain Matt Elder wasn't available for the match, so um, being kind of our uh, our most senior statesman in a city jersey, uh, we gave AJ the armband and uh, he, uh, he he led the charge for us. But the as far as the set pieces are concerned, when it comes to corner kicks, we do have. Um, three variations of one design play that we run and I don't know how I, I know how it's drawn up but no matter which um, portion of the of the of the plan that AJ slots into um, it's not really defined like AJ is always gonna do this or, you know joey or Eman or any of those guys are going to be doing that coming from the back yeah. line but aj always seems to find the the pocket that's open every single time whether it's one of the three variations we run so yes it was drawn up but it's never drawn up like you will kick the ball to aj right now and he will head the ball in the goal
2: <laughs> you know it's, yeah no i just remember you walking walking off or no, walking back towards the bench after you know walking a little farther up toward the, up the sideline in anticipation of the corner. And then after the goal, you're just ecstatic, coming back to the bench saying, holy shit, it worked.
1: <laughs> it did. <laughs> it worked. All that FIFA lab time.
2: That's right. So <laughs> FC Minneapolis started to play a little angry in the second half, and I noticed that our guys started to back off because really, why get hurt from some bullshit, right?
1: Yeah, and I thought that kind of um, kind of added to how close the game was where our guys were like okay we're clearly better than them but we're gonna take a step back because we we really don't want to get injured because like, like i said the result was number one win the game and number two come away scot-free and um by and large and that happened um i know mm-hmm. that um martin brown Whitney's he's when he's older brother um coming off a knee surgery he's gonna have to take a little bit of a step back and, and heal, heal up a little bit um from his recovery just to make sure he's fresh for the 22nd. Um, but it, not, nothing like a rash challenge or anything, but um, just a result of playing on a surgically repaired knee needing some time. But, I mean, okay. we, you know, they were flying in, got dirty. Our guys, you know, just kind of chose to throttle down into third gear instead of fifth gear, and they were able to come back on us. Um, as a result also we were missing quite a few players so it wasn't a case of if we would have had this guy or that guy we would have won by two more goals maybe um but i thought that yes you were 100 percent correct the guys did start to kind of back off from this wild challenges of guys coming in not being able to control their bodies
2: yep super scary moment when uh Wexler's making a run down the right side, and first of all, I think that's great that you guys started slotting him in on the wing. It seems like it fits his playing style. Something we talked about, you and I, both at the member meeting. But I think a bunch of us kind of talked about it with Wex too at that member meeting too. That he's really he seems like he approached you asking for that kind of a, that kind of a role.
1: Well, we talked a little bit he and I about. Um... You know, I said a little birdie told me that you want to play on the wing. Is that true? And he's like, "Well, you know, I'll play wherever. <laughs> I want to be on the team." But he, you know, he did play there in college, and you know, for for city this summer, he was more of our centrally focused, um, you know, one of our centrally focused players. But on the wing, it gives him the opportunity to be a little bit more free, yeah. where um, his defensive responsibilities are a little less, and he's he's taking a little less of uh, of the the physical burden of having to try to win challenges out uh, in there. Um, where that's better suited for a guy like AJ, just kind of destroy up uh, offensive attacks. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, we moved him on the wing, and then um, like you were saying, he goes on a 50 50 challenge and just gets exploded by not only the goalie but the defender.
2: He gets sandwiched, man, and I th- and he was down for a few for a few seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. So of course, you know, I go run out there to make sure that my guy's okay. And and I, I'm like, And Wexer, are you all right? And he's like, Oh man He's like trying to catch his breath. He's like oh man He's like, Did I shit myself? <laughs> <laughs> he's like He's like, Ah, oh, I can't breathe He's like I, I think I shit myself <laughs> Um, but I mean he just everything got knocked out of him but he uh he 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 indeed wasn't full in full control of his fecal matter um did not shit himself um yeah I
2: I talked to him after the game and I I didn't smell anything out of the ordinary so
1: (laughs) yeah so it was uh I did the laundry after the game so I know for sure for a fact that they're uh (laughs) we're all clear on that front um but he uh you know it was a kind of a scary moment because he was down and you know it wasn't like a you know, like a, a hit in the NFL where the guy's not moving. He was moving, he was just one of those ones where you're like, God just get up from this, please.
2: Yeah. So like like we said, this kind of aggressive uh mode from FC Minneapolis kinda kinda came on the heels of them probably not really being used to the the verbal and physical abuse that we were laying on them early. I mean going up super early, uh, you know, two to nothing within fifteen minutes probably didn't help. But uh, I think these were also dudes not used to getting ripped on by a guy in a gorilla suit, right?
1: No, they were not. Um, and they also – I mean they they were saying a few things on their sideline that I really didn't appreciate towards our guys. Um, yeah. And it was less like – those are just fans having like playful banter and not like targeting people where I thought there were some inappropriate things said on their end um, which again I thought led to our guys kind of throttling down like whoa let's let's just relax here so mm-hmm. um, you know come actual game time you know everyone's gonna be dialed in and, and willing to, to to stay at the highest uh, highest gear so yeah they were not ready for what what was uh, going in their direction
2: <laughs> so true to form uh, you know I, I grabbed a player after the match I grabbed E, uh, Emmanuel Brown good old E-Man and I don't think I'd talked to him before he's a little more soft spoken than some of these other guys but uh, I think I still got some good some good sound bites out of him why don't we uh, why don't we listen to that maybe talk about that real briefly
1: yeah you know E-Man uh like you said soft spoken but uh heavy on the challenge so uh yeah,
2: yeah so uh, no let's,
1: let's take a quick listen like you said to uh to what he had to say all right I am here with E-Man
2: Emmanuel. uh First game back as a team for Minneapolis City, and it's kind of a different roster. What are some of the the most glaring changes you see over this incarnation of Minneapolis City than we had at the end of the season in uh, in August?
0: Oh, uh, basically, we is is mostly the core guys are still still with the team, so is basically the same. So, but we got a new idea coming up, playing with back three now. The only season we play with with, with a back four, so mm-hmm. we're still getting used to the, the new guys and stuff like that, so that's about it.
2: Does that give you a, a the back three, give you a, a better opportunity to kind of bomb forward a little more as um, you would like? Or For me,
0: I have to stay back more more now than I usually do so, because I'm playing as a center back. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the season, I play as a fullback, so I will bomb out more. Now After have to relax more and play, play with the team, I guess. That's so, funny because
2: I noticed you on the side yeah. kind of And you had quite a bit of movement around the field. Yeah. (laughs) The the
0: coaches kept yelling at me to to drop back. So I (laughs) got to get used to the center back row, I guess.
2: (laughs) All right. uh, Who are some of the additions that you're pretty excited about?
0: Uh, Martin Brown. He's a pretty good technical player. Martin Brown, Whitney Brown, KP, Poor. They're pretty good players. So I'm excited about that. I played with him a few years ago with Twin Stars. So I know we, we got a pretty good connection and stuff like that. So...
2: So you're playing with guys. You've been around town for yeah. for a couple years. You're playing with some guys that have been around for, around town for a couple years. Uh,
0: you guys are pretty comfortable with each other. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with the group of guys we got here. So right. it's, it's really not nothing new to me. So
2: we've got a good spine, like you said. A lot of good guys that are that are sticking around from from the end of last season. Uh, we've got a month to go until the until the match against whether it's Ann Arbor. Or uh, or Oakland City at this point. What are
0: you guys going to work on over this next month? Oh, we are just going to keep on working on our shape and our chemistry as a team, and see what that leads leads us to.
2: Three two uh, 3-2 victory today. What would you say uh, FC Minneapolis surprised you guys with today?
0: Uh, the pace they got fast guys up top. So, but we're still getting used to the formation. I think we. We could have done better. We played down to their level, so we could, have, we could do better next time.
2: Played down to their level. I mm-hmm. like that. All right, man. Well, good luck. You got some training to do this month, but I'm excited to see you guys play and announce here for you on the 22nd. All right. Have a nice day. Thanks, man. So one of the things, uh, you know, that we were curious about, and we touched on it briefly there, is how the new players were slotting in, how they were getting along. Sounds like, uh, you know, they're still getting used to each other, but uh, everything everything could could be coming together quite well.
1: Yeah, you know he he's right that they are new players. However, like he himself has played with them in the past, and that same Twin Stars team had AJ on it. It had Engel. It had Elder. Um, you know, it, it had um, you know, Martin and Whitney and KP. So. You know we're we're bringing these new guys in. How, however, like they're, like he said and like you reiterated, there's the continuity already, which is something that I think that we can build off of, and um, and that chemistry, like he mentioned, is something that we really need to work on still um, for everyone, um, including the guys that have played together in the past.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk formation. He touched on it. He's the one that brought this up to me. I can't believe I didn't notice it, but is this three man backfield really a thing we're going to try?
1: Well, it was something that we wanted to try. So we went into the Shattuck match with it. And I thought the, the, really the second half of the Shattuck game, we really started to get it. And we were, we were, we were really starting to click. And I was hoping we'd build off of that. Um, The back three is something really hard to, to get used to, Um, but if you can get it, it's something that um, from a a personnel perspective, we can get more of our attacking and more kind of our, our technical players on the field versus having to, you know, uh, slot in two center backs um, or you know two wide backs and and have that that four. You lose the the attacking capability from a defender, but if, what you're substituting in is someone like Abai or Whitney or Wexler on a wing that is able to solely be responsible for attacking, which is what mm-hmm. they're good at. So we, we toyed with it. Um, it was something that I was I was hammering home in training, and we were building all of our sessions around it. Um, we may may use it. Um, it's something that we can we can definitely use. But in the upcoming sessions, we are going to work on um, something with more of a traditional four, just so that we've done it before. But rather than getting to the game and then having to switch to something we've never done, so uh, it is something we we wanted to try, and we tried it, and it, it worked, and, and it didn't work. So um, you know we'll see once we once twenty second rolls around.
2: So what did we what did we learn you know what did we do well and what what do we need to work on this month?
1: We learned that Whitney Brown's good at soccer, so yeah <laughs> um no, I think what what we learned is um, we still aren't getting direct when we get the ball. There's a lot of opportunities for the center backs to play the ball into the feet of the midfielders and then the the midfielders to play the ball into the feet of a forward and I thought we needed to get better at that um yeah. You know, it's something that um, it, it's difficult from a trust perspective to, to put a ball into a guy where there's traffic, and unless you know his tendencies, to be able to get in and out of that. And we have the players that can do that. However, we we just we we didn't want to try it. And I mm-hmm. mentioned before too. You know, we have you know a few players over here that are playing one style, and a few over here that are playing another. And it's really just getting everyone down to one style. So we have to work on that coming into uh, a team. Uh, you know, a, a game against a team that. Um, you know, we'll get into what they are in a second. But um, if if we fall down with with going against the system, it's going to be a rough day on the 22nd. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, uh, let's talk about the 22nd. We've got we've got Oakland County coming to town, and they uh, they're going to be not fresh, but they will be uh, riding high off of their first round defeat of Ann Arbor. So let's talk about that game, John. Did you watch this game?
1: Yes, I did watch the game. Uh, for some reason they posted it online, which I would have never done, um, so that I can't be scouted. <laughs> um uh, but the purple rain, uh, we got what we wanted. We talked about getting those jerks rolling into town so we can we can just crap all over the fact that they've taken uh Prince's Moniker. Um but uh Ann Arbor got rolled by Oakland County three to one. And I thought we learned a couple things from watching the game. Um they're good. Um, they picked up some of the best players from other PLA East teams um, in Carpathia and Toledo. So you saw their core that they had mixed with these other guys. And, you know, shocker, it's what we did, right, with Minnesota United and and some of the guys from the Twin Stars and, and, you know, um, a few guys from the Men's League. Yep. So it's like we did the same thing. So, you know, you can't not expect them to... To, to try to get the strongest team possible um, but they're very dangerous on the wing um, one of their uh, their captain I think his last name is Sloan um, really good soccer player uh, good pedigree smart guy um, you know he's flanked on the other wing with a with, with a more a speedier uh, more attacking winger where he's more of the kind of um, non-traditional winger where he's not going to be with his pace, but he's going to kind of slot more centrally and, and work with the guys in the middle to kind of create those triangles to then look to get the ball back and, and slot it through to, um, to the guys up top. And up top, you know, they, um, they're, they have solid strikers. Um, you know, they picked up the PLA East um, leading goal scorer last year from Carpathia um, oh. and, and from Toledo. So guys that know how to put the ball in the back of the net, which looked dangerous at times. But I thought that they looked very disjointed, much like we did at first, um, or um, not at first, but much like we did when we played against Minneapolis FC, um, was that you know the some guys doing one thing, other guys doing another thing. Um, they were able to kind of put it all together to score a couple goals, um, but they also looked unfit and got really tired throughout the game. I think the giving up the goal they did, uh, was definitely, a, uh, look like a lack of continuity and fitness. And it's something that they didn't, they didn't, I know for a fact from hearing from people in that, that area of the country, they weren't really training like we are. So mm-hmm. they just kind of, you know, threw the, all all their chips in on one game and then they were going to try to train more before they play against us. So we might get the same thing. We might not, but, being that you only get three subs, you need those 90 minute players and you know we've been working on fitness as much as we have our system and, and our style of play. So So we look at that. and then Ann Arbor looked okay. They look like just a typical men's league team with a couple bright spots. A couple spots where you're like, "Geez, that's like the best guy they could find," <laughs> um, you know. Um, but what they had was the PL, PLA East goalkeeper of the year from Toledo, um, who literally stood on his head to keep the game at three to one. I um, mean, mm. he was making incredible saves, and I thought, you know, I'm actually grateful that he's not playing with them, um, and he played against them because he uh, he's really good, and he's kind of a guy like Elder, where you know. You know what you're gonna get, and you don't have to worry about that guy. And he's gonna do everything he can to keep you in it. Um, so, and it's what he did. You know, it was it was two to one at one point, and and when when Oakland got tired, Ann Arbor kind of threw everything at him and, and almost equalized, and it would have been a whole different ball game. Um, you know, the the rest of it was, you know, they're gonna bring the heat. When they come here, they're not going to show up with you know four hundred some miles and and not not bring a, a quality squad. But they're gonna they won one U.S. Open Cup game, which a lot of people can't say. So yep. um, so hats off to them for that. And, and we're looking for uh, for them to come in strong. But we'll be prepared, and, and we're going to need to be prepared to make sure that. Uh, that we get our names in the in the the annals of history of uh, of winning a uh, a U.S. Open Cup game, so you know I think we should play the Purple Rain for pink slips. You know, you know <laughs> if we win, they change we change they change their name from Purple Rain to something else. Um, and if they win, we maybe rebrand to something like Sinbad related or <laughs> or tool tool time related.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I think our, I think the citizens could do something with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that is going to be uh, that's going to be our opponent for the U.S. Open Cup round two. That game is going to be October twenty second, and we are playing it at the big field, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the National Sports Center in Blaine. Just like a pro team, we're playing on the same field that Minnesota United plays on uh, at two thirty in the afternoon, and we'll probably be starting the tailgate. Early in the week, but I'm sure you're going to be able to find us tailgating on, uh, on Saturday during the day. Just watch the Twitter feed for details as far as where to meet and, uh, and where we're going to have people set up with beer. Uh, sounds like we're working on beer sales in the building, but we're definitely going to have concessions open. So we're not going to. We're not going to have any shady hot dog buffets like uh, run by Derek <laughs> this time. This is going to be real food uh, made, by, made by real humans. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> the, the uh, health inspection approved. Yeah, I mean, I can't be more excited for this game. I'm, I, You know, September flew by, so I can only expect October to fly by just as quickly. And uh, in less than a month, we will be there. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. So we're, we want to make sure to thank our gracious sponsor, Summit Brewing Company, for sponsoring us each time we hop on the airwaves and we hop on the field. Uh, it is, of course, Oktoberfest season. That the air is has is getting a chill. Leaves so do have your taste. Yes, yes. So do your taste buds a favor. and Stop on down to your local watering hole. Drink some. Drink some of that fantastic marzen style Oktoberfest. The sweet malty goodness. Uh, that rubs your taste buds silly. Uh, remember to buy your tickets for a U.S. Open match, of course, like I just mentioned. Uh, you can go to MinneapolisCity, MPLSCitySC.com, and the link is right there for tickets to the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. They, those tickets start at $4, so quit fucking around and go and buy these tickets to the U.S. Open Cup. Bring your whole family. I swear. I swear I won't swear.
1: I mean, it's, it's cheaper online, too, if you buy them before the game. It would be a little bit of a hike at, at the gate. And uh, you could get in for free if you were a member for
2: 2017. Memberships for 2017 uh, went on sale just in the last couple weeks. Buy one. And, yep, buy one. Those members get – not only do you get a season ticket to uh, all the Minneapolis City games over the summer, but – of course, you get in for free this fall for our U.S. Open Cup match, and uh, we can't promise all the rest of them if we keep making, uh, if we keep advancing into the tournament. But we'll do, we'll do something for you. We're sure.
1: We have no idea who we play if we win or where. Yeah. Hey, could we... we could go
2: to, could go to Kansas City. We could go to Utah. We could go to Maine. Who knows?
1: We're definitely not going to Maine. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. uh, if you want to get a hold of us, ask us any questions about the upcoming game or uh if you have any topics you want us to cover in uh in anticipation of that game, you can email us at mcsc podcast at gmail.com. Of course, tweet at us at mpls city sc or at me and john at mexinate or at johnny business with two Ns, two Zs, and two S's. And that is all for this week. It's been a great one, man. Uh, I am, was, and always will be Nate. And
1: I am and always will be, was, John.
2: <laughs> and how could we leave you without blasting a little go Get 'Em Tiger? Let's do it. We'll
1: talk to you guys later. Enjoy your life, people.